Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartinized. Today's episode, Business Models. I pulled into an auto parts store, and the path into the driveway had a serious dip in the road, and my car bottomed out, and I thought, wow, what a great business model. Destroy your car on the way to the parts store. Most people don't think much about business models, and we should, because there's a lot of situations which may not seem to make sense or may seem unfair. But if we think about it in terms of business models, then they suddenly make sense. In fact, we can even use business models to debunk bullshit. That's right, to adjust our bullshit meter. I've always been fascinated by business models, what worked, what didn't, why they failed, why they succeeded. And one of the primary things to understand about business models is that they have a finite lifespan. Most of them do, at least. A business model that makes a lot of money, even for a long time, suddenly reaches the point where eh, it just doesn't work anymore. Because things change outside of the business. Back when people were driving horse-drawn carriages, you might be able to have a big business making buggy whips. Now, not so much. That business model is no longer viable. When the Rubik's Cube first came out, within a month or two, there were several books out telling you step-by-step how to solve it. A good business model for then. Now, of course not. There's a million places on the internet that will give you the exact same information for free. Nobody's going to buy a book like that. Some business models last a very long time. The oldest profession, for instance. I'll have sex with you in exchange for money or goods. And that's always going to be with us. It is a viable business model even today. And some women do it professionally. Some of them do it as amateurs in exchange for jewelry up to and including wedding rings. I always thought that trophy wives should be considered high-end sex workers. And I don't say that as an insult, because I don't have a problem with sex workers. I think it's a perfectly legitimate way to earn a living, if that's what you want to do. One of my favorite Onion headlines of all time was only three words long. And it was just a headline. There was no story. And it was, Trophy Wife Mounted. Now, another one that's lasted a long time is agriculture. It is, in fact, the basis of our civilization. I'm going to grow food instead of going out hunting for it and foraging for it. I'm going to grow it and raise it, in the case of animals, and then sell the excess. And now you've got trade, and you've got the birth of civilization. Now, there's an argument that will probably never be solved as to whether grains were first grown to make bread or to make beer. And I did a little piece on this way, way back for an experimental podcast somebody else was doing that fell through. 
But uh, I just kind of found this and dug this up. Let me just throw this in here as to whether it was bread or beer. Historians tell us that civilization started when agriculture was invented. When we stopped foraging for our needs and instead started growing them ourselves, it became necessary for us to cooperate with each other, to work together, and thus civilization was born. Some historians think agriculture was invented to grow grain so that we could make bread. Other historians believe it was so we could grow grain to make beer. Which of these two seems more likely? Okay, guys, listen, I got it all figured out. You see this big field here? What we're going to do is dig out all the weeds and the trees and the rocks, and we're going to make it nice and smooth, right? So it's just plain dirt. And then we're going to come in, we're going to plant seeds in it real careful, like in rows and everything. And then every day we're going to come out, and we're going to water it, and we're going to handpick out all the little weeds and everything. And then at the end of the year, when it grows up, it'll be grain, and we can cut it down and harvest it, and we can bake ourselves a loaf of bread. <laughs> Be completely out of his mind. <laughs> or does this seem more likely? And then, at the end of the year, we can take it, we can like put it in a barrel, and put it in some water and some yeast, and we can make beer. Good idea. Beer. beer? Yeah, me too. I'm going to go and invent the shovel. It seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? Beer is the reason that civilization exists. One of my favorite examples of a business model that lasted for a very long time, but was then killed by technology, was the record companies. Ever since Edison first recorded Mary Had a Little Lamb on a wax cylinder, the record companies had a very profitable business model that consisted of hiring talented people using expensive equipment, equipment the artist couldn't afford, to make recordings, selling those recordings, and then screwing the artists. And this went on for almost a hundred years. And then Napster came out, and suddenly all the music in the world was out there for free. But then other things came out too that put the power back into the hands of the musicians for better or worse. You see, the record companies offered a couple of things that musicians didn't have the resources to get on their own. The first was recording space. It cost half a million dollars, a million dollars at least, to build a really good recording studio filled with the kind of equipment that you had to have to make really good quality recordings. They also had distribution. Even if you could afford in the 60s to make a beautiful recording, who was ever going to hear it? The record companies were there to do their payola and get it on the radio to make sure that it was in the racks of every Woolworths and to distribute it and to get it out there where people could buy it. Well, now all that's gone. You can now build a really nice studio capable of producing really good sound for less than the cost of a good used car. And distribution? You got iTunes. You got YouTube. You can put all kinds of stuff out there immediately. And it literally doesn't cost you anything. Kodak was another one 
that lasted for a long, long time and is now dead. They came up with the idea of, well, we'll let people take pictures and then we'll process those pictures. They made a lot of money on the processing. And in their research, they actually invented the digital camera. But they sat on it. And rather than exploiting it and turning it into something profitable, they continued to depend on the profits of processing film. And now they're out of business. That was a great business model for a very, very long time. It put food on the table of tens of thousands of people. And now it's dead. It's a dead business model. I experienced the death of a business model myself. In the early 90s, I created a dial-in BBS named Electric Avenue. Someday I might just do a whole podcast on it because it's an interesting story. At least it's interesting to me. It was one of my most interesting failures. And at that point in time, online playing around consisted of dialing out to hobby BBSs, usually single-line BBSs that were out there, and you'd load up the dozen that you liked into a dialer that would then dial each one and hit a busy signal and a busy signal and a busy signal and then finally connect to one and then you'd have a half an hour or 45 minutes whatever time the bbs owner allowed to go in there and have conversations message boards you couldn't have a chat because there was only one line and play games and various things like that and it was pretty cool but multi-line bbs's offered something different. They offered you a chance to actually chat with people live, to play games with people live. And that was a brand new thing. That was a thing that uh, the technology was really amazing. Now, the internet was around at the time, but it was clumsy and it was just a pain in the butt to use. You had to use things like Archie and Veronica and Kermit to get around and to find files. The other thing that I found annoying going out to these single-line hobby BBSs was that they were infested with kids. Now, I think it's great that 13-year-olds and 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds can get out there and chat, but I didn't want to have conversations with them. I really wanted to talk with grown-ups, and so I built Electric Avenue. It was billed as the online service for grown-ups. Now, there were two reasons for doing that. One was because I thought it would be more fun. You had to be 18 to get in. And the other thing was I thought it would be more likely that you're going to get money out of an 18-year-old or a 25-year-old or a 30-year-old than out of a kid. So I started with eight lines, built it up to 12, built it up to 18, built it up to 21. I had 21 modems flashing in my office, the very office where I'm standing here today. And just as it started to make money, just as I had a couple hundred paying customers, enough to cover the $625 phone bill every month, enough to cover payment on the thousands of dollars worth of equipment that I had bought, just as it started to make money and appear to be a really good business model, Netscape came out. Yeah, browsers. And suddenly... A dial-in BBS with blocky ASCII graphics wasn't nearly as cool as a web browser with flaming spinning logos. And you could get all over the place just by clicking. Click here. Click there. Boom, boom, boom. You're all over. 
And Electric Avenue was all over, too. And about, eh, I think I held on for six or eight months. But that was it. People just lost interest in it. They wanted to get out onto the Internet. And who can blame them? People in small towns lament the loss of mom-and-pop stores to big-box stores. You know, we used to go to Seymour's and get clothes for the kids. We called it Seymour Buy More. And you'd go in there, and Seymour would be in there, and he'd talk to you, and you'd buy clothes from him. And then right next to him was Bob's Shoes, and you'd go in there, and you'd get shoes and sneakers. And then there was a grocery store, a little grocery store on the corner. You could go there and pick up groceries. And then Walmart set up a half a mile outside of town, and in a year, all those businesses closed. It's terrible. Walmart sucks. They destroyed those businesses. Well, first of all, I do agree that Walmart sucks for a whole number of reasons. That could be a whole show and a half right there. But not for setting up a store and selling stuff for cheaper. What you have to realize is that the business model of the little store selling things in ones and twos and buying things one case at a time was a great business model for a long time, but now it's obsolete. And it should also be noted that Walmart did not put those stores out of business. They couldn't. Because if people had kept patronizing those stores, those stores would still be in business even today. What put those stores out of business was their former customers driving right by them so they could get the cheaper prices at Walmart. That business model of the old little mom-and-pop stores, many of which, frankly, were not that great, is just obsolete. Now, a lot of those storefronts have been taken over by other businesses who have found a way to offer people something profitably that they can't get at the Walmart. Coffee shops and specialty stores. And those business models are working. Of course, they will eventually become obsolete too. So business models can be destroyed by changes in the economy, changes in the environment, changes in Technology, it was technology that destroyed Electric Avenue, that destroyed the record companies. Classified ads in newspapers used to be a major source of income for them. Not anymore. That business model is broken. It's gone. Served them well, really well, for more than a century, but not anymore. And then, of course, you can have business models that are destroyed by government. If you've listened to me for a while, you know one of my favorite examples is smoking bans. Tens of thousands of viable businesses were destroyed and continue to be destroyed by smoking bans. Bars, restaurants, diners, taverns, bingo halls, pool halls, bowling alleys, places that catered to a smoking crowd just went out of business when they had to tell their customers, oh, you got to go out and smoke in the heat or the cold or the rain. And lastly... You can use the idea of business models to tune your bullshit meter and to debunk 
claims. Here's an example. The 73 cent on a dollar claim. Women make 73 cents for every dollar that men make. That's been, I've talked about that before, and it's been thoroughly debunked a whole bunch of different ways. But let's say you were coming into it brand new. You hadn't heard it before. You didn't know all the statistics, and you didn't do any research on the reason that it's garbage. And instead, you just applied the thought of a business model. Now, if you know anything about business, you know that the most expensive part of any business is the labor. Almost always. And if you could get labor for nearly 30% less than your competitors, you could cut your prices and still make more money than they did and just make a killing. So all you'd have to do is hire exclusively women and pay them 73% of what you pay any guy and your business would thrive. And you look around and you say, there are absolutely no businesses built like that. No business model uses that. No one's been able to make that work as a business model. Gee, maybe that means that it's crap. And you don't even have to look any further. You just say, well, if this were true, a business would do that. And since no business has, then that tells you that whoever is promoting this idea is just blowing smoke. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. A little steam it experiment worked kinda um i put an article up there the previous article that i had put up uh, the introduce yourself i got like 15 bucks on the article that i put up there i don't even remember what it was about as as i'm telling you about it here but it made a whole 40 dollars i'm probably still going to experiment with it a little bit but there, there's so much about it that just doesn't make sense you see it's just garbage articles making huge amounts of money and then you see really good articles that are getting hardly anything but again it's not real money it's steam power and steam dollars and you have to jump through hoops to convert those into real money like bitcoin so i don't know i will probably still be on there if you stop by steamit.com just look for dave hit d-a-v-e-h-i-t-t not hiding behind any kind of a handle i'm right out there so just join on up and if you would like to send me an email you know by now it's dave at davehit.com just send it along and put something in the title so that it'll catch my eye instead of sinking to the bottom of the list with all the other stuff that i ignore so there's really nothing left to tell you folks except that the quick hits podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously